Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode 94. Actually, this is season two, episode 44. I'm Craig. And I am Britt. And we're back, Britt, after a week off. Yes, the beautiful thing about staying on schedule during the the season is that during the off-season, when Britt's wife is sick and Craig is getting ready to go on vacation so he doesn't want to infect him with anything he might be carrying, we can take a week off. That's right. You know, right. it's not like it's week three or anything. Exactly. It's not like you missed an opportunity to bet on football because we weren't here or you missed draft information. But and exciting news. Craig brought us two new beers after talking to a local establishment. Where did you go? Uh, I went to Fairfield Wine and Spirits and I was talking to Willis, who knows a lot about beer. He's in charge of their beer now. OK, he knows a lot about beer. He actually works at a brewery as well. OK, so I was oh, talking. Which, did he say which one? Yes, but I don't know if I should say it on Okay, here. no, all right, don't have permission, that's fine. Um, but yeah, he's a cool dude, he knows a lot about beer, he actually makes his own beer or two. So. Oh, he's a home brewer too. Yep, so he gave me um, two beers to try, and now, side note, Britt has brought us another beer. That's where I was going to go next. There's a lot of it. So well, it only came in the growlers. Right, so we have one beer that's an ale that we're going to try. The other beer he gave me was the... the like a peanut butter stout. I will let you do that. And Brit and is not a stout it, person. I, I, and I'm anyway. not a peanut butter person either. I right. like peanut butter and like sandwiches and Reese's peanut butter cups, but that's it. All right. So pop so, open. What so, is this? But bad this boy? is um, Peace Frog. It's okay. a pale ale, blood orange, and palm sugar. It's 6%. Okay. And it's by Fairfield Craft. I'm looking at it on Untapped. Bush. 3.51 global rating. There is not a description for it. Uh, most people give it between a three and a four and a half. Um, I am not yeah. the beer pour expert, so. Oh, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Oh, I got. Hold on. Uh, hold on. We got uh, glasses. Oh, see, we we don't sit near each other, um, so. Yeah. Well, yeah no well, self. When, when we, we get a studio, this will go much when we, simpler. When we get when we get so so are the is 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 our friend Willis interested in potentially uh, becoming you know, a regular <laughs> contributor, so to speak? You know what? I'm gonna have to go back and talk to him when I get back. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. Hey, if he wants to come on and talk about beer. I'm all for it. You know, seriously. I mean, during the offseason, now's the perfect time. So, all right, this thing's relatively light in color. It's got a ton of light penetration. I'd put the light penetration in the same realm as a uh, a little darker than a Corona. Yeah. But I'm getting a ton of light penetration. Let's go with the nose. It smells like beer. Right. I'm getting... I'm not getting citrus, but I'm getting something... I'm. I don't know how to describe it. I'm getting almost a, a very strong multi, almost like summer ale kind of feel off of this. Craig's going in for the sip. Smooth, and a slight hint of orange. It's not overpowering at all. Orange is very subtle. Weird aftertaste though. Oh yeah, what is that? That is. That That's, might be the palm sugar. <laughs> that, yeah, there's some sort of sweet. It's like hops try to come through at the end, not like IPA level hops, but just to let you know you're drinking beer level hops and something blocks them. The hops have been cock blocked. Yes. I don't think we can put that as a show title, but. No, <laughs> no, this isn't bad. I don't think I would drink a ton of it, um, but you know what? Fairfield Craft Ales. We've only been there once. Yeah. I, I need to go back because we I do. Need, and I, he, he likes to experiment a lot. With yeah. Flavors. I mean, and I think that's why I was kind of like, eh. I mean, his stuff was solid. And we, we, the thing is every time they're at a beer festival that we go to, we stop by and we say hi to the guys and we have some of their stuff. But like, 
I just, I don't stop by there and it's only like 15, 20 minutes from here. Uh, we did go that one time and have that fried chicken beer. We did. That was, um, that was something. That beer was something. If you put that beer in a barbecue sauce, it would be amazing. Yes. Or use it to like, um, like, use it as part of a marinade or with like ribs or something. Yes. You know, that would work very well. Boil some brats in that bad boy. Yes. You might get a little barbecue. Fl- oh, but it was, it was not a drinking beer. Right. That's yes. <laughs> That's I think the next thing that is the next step in the evolution of beer, in my opinion. Flavor is like, cooking. Is cooking beers. Yeah, I, I mean there's cooking wines. But then they say I mean. you should only cook with what you would drink. Is really? That, is that true? I don't know, because I wouldn't that's drink cooking I've, sherry. That's all that's what I've heard. Oh. All right, well then I don't know. I don't know either. But anyway, that beer would be really good in a in a barbecue sauce. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I wonder if he's still making it. I'll ask him because I'm going to see him Saturday at Gathering at the Binds. Craig can't come to Gathering at the Binds. No, I have to work Son of full him. day before vacation, jerks. And so. my wife is out of town, so I'm taking our good friend Sean. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that we'll both come out of this alive, and that's not really a joke. Sean and I, <laughs> what was it somebody once said? There are certain people you put them together, and it's like mixing the ingredients for gunpowder. I forget what they, the two of saltpeter and something else. Uh, saltpeter by itself is completely innocuous. The other ingredient by itself is only mildly flammable. But when you put them together, there is a, a, a catalyst reaction and things explode. That's me and Sean when it comes to booze. So, you know, <laughs> it, it will be, I'll be very cautious. I'm already, I'm already hiding my own car keys on me. I am not driving that day. Good. I will take the public transport, um, to and from the brewery. But, um, yeah, did you, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make you jealous. But Lawson's is coming down for this. Oh, they're going to be back. And they're bringing double sip of sunshine. Oh. Oh, wait. It gets worse. Oh. They're also bringing triple sip of sunshine. Triple? 11%. (laughs) Thank God it's only in four ounces. Actually, no, that's a bad thing. Because. It sneaks up on you. Sip of sunshine. Normal sip of sunshine (laughs) will sneak up on you. But uh, this, yeah, I'm I'm a little scared. I, but and and we that guy likes us. Every time we've seen him at the beer thing, he remembers us from that one time I was a little drunk at the typecast release party that he drove oh, down for. Yeah, um, and he still remembers me from that because I was one of like the four people on earth that really liked typecast. Um, I I liked it. I liked it a lot, but from what I heard from the guys at the brewery, it wasn't a big big seller. No, but then remember you weren't we weren't gonna be able to find it anywhere. Then everywhere I went had like cases of it. <laughs> we were like the only folks that really liked it. I mean, people gave it like a, it got like a three point two overall rating on Untapped, but that was a four and a half for me. I loved that beer. The flavors were complex. It was smooth, yeah. but it was smooth in the beginning and then hoppy at the end. Yeah, was it was it really harsh? well mixed. It had a cool can art yeah the can art was really good i eh. oh, what are you gonna do? anyway all right but let's let's get on some some football stuff well, so as so Craig what kind said, of numbers we got here uh well we got 44 and 94 right a bunch of people wore 44 but only one that i want to talk about wore 44 on a regular basis and that is the washington redskin legend john riggins and it scrolls I, through i have website. lost his stat page <laughs> I do cheat and look up stat pages for these people. You have to. Because otherwise I won't remember all these things. I mean, John Riggins played, geez, his nickname was the Diesel. 14 season, 11,000 rushing yards, 104 rushing TDs. Think about that for a minute. 14 seasons with 104. That's like eight rushing TDs a year. Average. 
average. Yeah. Ooh. 250 career receptions. Was he a jet at one point? He, he was. He may have been, yeah. He was a jet at one point. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Let's stats. Did he finish his, his years with the Jets? Oh, no. He started with the Jets. How convenient. He was a rookie with the Jets in 1971. Yep. And then he went to Washington in 1976 and played through 1985, which means he was only there for their one Super Bowl, right? Who's Super Bowl? The, with the Redskins. The yeah. When did they uh, win? Was that 82 with uh, Doug? What's his name as the quarterback? I gotta look it up. The guy who was infamously yes. asked, "How long have you been a black quarterback?" Yes, <laughs> and his answer was "All my life," which is <laughs> the best answer you could possibly give to such a stupid ass question. <clears throat> uh, interesting, John Riggins stat: his career passing numbers are two attempts for zero yards. So there you go. He had one season over a thousand yards with the Jets. And then had four over a thousand yards with um, the Redskins. See. So the Redskins were in the Super Bowl in '73. He was in New York at that point. They're in the Super Bowl '83. He was a Redskin at that point. That year, he that was his best year. He had thirteen hundred forty-seven yards. That's the year they won twenty-seven yep. seventeen against Miami. Uh, they were in Super Bowl the following year in '84. Oh, really? They lost to the Raiders thirty-eight to nine. And he had twelve hundred yards that year. So his best two years. He was in the Super Bowl each of those two years. Yep. Then they were again in 88 and 92. Sweet Jesus. In 1983, he had 24 touchdowns. Damn. I got to be reading that wrong. Rushing or total? It just says touchdowns. I'm touchdown. oh, No, that's next to his rushing stats. He had 24 rushing touchdowns? That can't be right. I'm. It's probably right. What's the record? I, I don't know. That can, I thought he... I thought, I thought Terrell Davis had the record at like 18, or then Priest Holmes took it at like 19. This guy had 24. Holy crap. And only 3.6 yards per carry. They gave him the ball a lot, and they gave him the ball a lot in short yardage. What is the record for most rushing touchdowns in a season? What's uh, that number? That's, that's career. No, I want season. I want single season touchdown records. Do it live. <laughs> Yeah, Peace Frog. I'll give you a three and a half. I really, I really do wish I liked Fairfield Craft Ales better. I just, I think their style is a little too experimental for you. No, I just think, I think their malt hop blend just doesn't appeal to my particular taste. I know folks who absolutely love their stuff. Um, it's just not me. It's just not me. Their blends just aren't aren't for me. But you know, again, like I said. The down the down the street, and hopefully they don't listen to this because I need to go get my sticker. I'm up to four stickers on the Connecticut Beer Trail. Are you? Yep, because I stopped by Counterweight today, which is the uh, second beer we are going to try today. As soon as Craig is done looking for the stat, I asked him to look oh, up. I don't want career single season. Damn you! Just put into Google single season rushing touchdowns. Uh, okay. So here are the here are the top five. Okay. Um, LT twenty eight. Lawrence Taylor? Oh, uh, Danny Tomlinson. Tomlinson. 2006. 2008, okay. I'm I'll sorry, give, you, I'll give you a hint for the next person. It's got to be Priest Holmes. Touchdown. Sean Alexander? Has 27. Wow. Priest Holmes that. is tied with him at 27. Yeah, I remember that. At number four is Emmett Smith at 25 and John Riggins at 24. So, going into the 90s when rushing really, really, really started to be a focus and it wasn't not a focus in the eighties, but 
I mean, the Giants won Super Bowls with Joe Morris in the backfield. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, uh, it was more about balance and defense back then. He set that record at 24. Who's the next name down the list? You still have it up? Uh, yeah. So uh, at number he... six, there's a tie so with several ties. So okay. Terry Allen. This is at 21 touchdowns. I'm looking for folks that were before Riggins. So th- toss Terry Allen his three bad knees out. Okay. Next is Terrell Davis. Out. Priest Holmes. Out. Joe Morris. Joe Morris, how many? 21, 1985. That was after Riggins. Okay, keep going. Emmett Smith, 1994, 21. After? That's after Riggins. Yep. Who did they take uh, the record from? Earl, Earl Campbell had 19 in 1979. There it is. So when coming into 1980, I'm looking Three. it up again. 1983, Earl Campbell with 19 was the all-time single-season rushing touchdown leader, and Riggins had 24 that year. Holy crap. Holy yeah. crap. And people don't think about Riggins in the same breath as guys like, you know, Emmett Smith. And no. why is Priest Holmes not in the Hall of Fame? Why? He's not? Yeah, I don't think he is. Has he committed a felony? Ah, uh, no, that's probably what's keeping him out. <laughs> but no, but it, it, he was, he the problem, you know what the problem with Priest Holmes was? The problem with Priest Holmes was he was really good for a really short period of time. He was his last well, one year in Baltimore and then a couple years with the Chiefs. He was amazing. But you know what? So was Terrell Davis. Had like four, maybe three good seasons. And he's in the freaking Hall of Fame. But he went to the Super Bowl. No, so did Priest. Priest Holmes never played uh, the Super Bowl. So there's a question. Is going to a Super Bowl. I don't Bowl, think he did. Does going to a Super Bowl get you into the Hall of Fame? It doesn't get you into the Hall of Fame, but it sure as it hell adds helps. points to your. Eli Manning is going into the Hall <laughs> because he's got two rings. That's it. That's it. Eli Manning is going into the Hall because he has two rings. Getting those rings helps. There's no, there's no, there's no two arguments. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Fame quarterback? I personally don't think so, but he's got the two championships. He ended the perfect season run of the Patriots. You know, he's two and zero against Tom Brady, who is who is supposedly the greatest of all time, uh, in the Super Bowl. It's yeah. hard for you know that's that's what people look at, and again, the Hall of Fame in the NFL is a weird <laughs> setup. A weird setup. I mean, there's the legendary story. I don't even remember what player it was, but um, the elder Mara, the original owner of the the Giants, who's no longer with us, supposedly went to a meeting of the Hall of Fame ballot, walked into the middle of the meeting, and because he was an NFL owner forever, they all fell silent, made one statement. I can't remember who he was talking about. He was like, I never seen a better defensive player than Joe Schmo. That's all I've got to say. And walked out. And the guy got in the Hall of Fame that year. <laughs> so it's a weird system. Was it Lawrence it's, Taylor? <laughs> it wasn't Lawrence Taylor. It was one of the other guys on the... Oh, God. It was another guy on that defense, though. Same era. Same era. Was it Banks? I think it was one of the linemen. But anyway, it, it's weird. The voters are different. It's a different system. It's not like baseball or hockey or basketball. I think basketball just has an internal committee that just looks at people and go, yeah, let's should put Michael Jordan in. Okay. Baseball has their whole ballot thing, which is a faulty process. Football, it's a bunch of guys that sit around a table in a room and put together a list of finalists and then come back together and vote on those finalists like a month later. It's very unscientific. It is because you already like made up your mind. (laughs) In baseball, every player who's eligible, their first year of eligibility is on the ballot. Even if they played a game, their name appears on the ballot. And then they have that, that fall off the ballot if you don't get so many votes. That's right. fine. Or Everyone you, gets considered. Or if you bet against your team. Or if you get a bench, bet against your team. And you don't want to wear baseball pants. That's a whole other story. Right. <laughs> All 
All right, but so anyway, so that was John Rick's 94. There's only one number 94 in the Hall of Fame. Who is it? He played for the Dallas Cowboys. He's one of 15 Cowboy players in the Hall of Fame. Or 14. Was it 14 or 15? I don't remember. Like a dozen. That's not counting Jerry Jones, who's in. Jerry Jones, who's in the Hall of Fame, presented by Jerry Jones. Was he is he in there for being Jerry Jones? He's in there for being Jerry Jones. (laughs) Contributions to being Jerry Jones. It's um Charles Haley. Oh. Who was that amazing defensive linebacker and uh and has five Super Bowl rings in his tw- uh, 12 or 14 seasons I can't remember really? which. Five rings because don't forget he was the guy in the middle of that huge cowboy um the Cowboys are on their way down post Jimmy Johnson San Francisco's on their way up with Steve Young feud. Yeah. He was the guy who left the Cowboys as a free agent after a Super Bowl and then went to San Francisco and won again. So he has like smart two, man. <laughs> he has five rings. I think there's three with the Cowboys and two with the Niners. I could Probably. be completely wrong about that. I could be completely off about that. And I just don't care enough to look, but he has five rings according to his stat page, but he was the guy who jumped ship. And remember that was like the year where it was like one or two of them was in the NFL championship every year. Yeah, yeah. Every year. And the year after he left, it was San Francisco versus Dallas. And if I remember correctly, that was San Francisco won the Super Bowl that year. And so he looked like a freaking genius because San Francisco paid him a ton of money. The, the Cowboys were like, we don't need him. We don't need him. We don't need him. Okay, fine. I'll go to San Francisco. Oh, crap. No, here's a suitcase of money. Here's a suitcase full of money. I'm not made of stone. <laughs> they drove a dump truck full of money up to my door. <laughs> So, all right, let's move on to burning hot take questions. We are not right. rushing this week, but we're already 20 minutes in, believe we it are. or not. And I, I'm, I'm going to crack open. Oh, all right. So all do, right. do you want to do burning hot take questions or do we crack open to the next beer? You know what? Let's just open the next beer. Okay. So I made a stop on the way home today. He did. He has, Britt in his cooler has a giant container. A growler. And now before we offend anyone, I just want to say hi, Deb. Yes. Hi, Deb. <laughs> Deb, you would not like the beer that we're about to have. I guarantee it. Knowing Deb as, as, as I do. This is from Counterweight Brewing in Hamden, Connecticut. I had to drive by it. I was in a meeting in the middle of the state, and I had to drive by this place. So I stopped. This is called Crucial Mass. It is called Crucial Mass because they have put more hops and flavor into this than any other beer ever made on the history of the planet. Wow. So it's the flavors at a Crucial Mass. All right. And I just like to point out that Deb, you were there, right? Deb, when we went to lunch last week. Yeah. And Deb got a beer, and she actually was looking at the color of the beer. Yes, and she actually See knew that? what kind we're, of beer to order because of us. We're learning. We're learning. Not learning. We're teaching people. We're learning we're her. We're learning. Brit is the beer man. This is one of the highest rated local beers right now on Untapped. It's the highest beer that they make. I think it's like a 4.2 on the Untapped scale. Epic. I had it uh, at Brewport a couple <clears throat> weeks back. I mentioned it on the podcast. It there you cannot see through this beer. No, it's at all. It's almost it's almost hazy, but it's too dark to be hazy in my opinion. That's fair. It's not it's not bright. No, it's more it's of I would I would use the term murky. Murky is a great word. All right, go ahead. I've all had right. this. I want Craig to try this. Ooh. It's very it's very uh citrusy on the nose. Yep. And it is not made with citrus. It is made with really? citra hops. Ah. So you do get that hop, that those citrus flavored hops. But I want to see what he thinks of this because I loved this beer. He's thinking. Wow. 
it's really smooth up front and then you get the hops a little bit on the back end and it's very juicy very juicy <clears throat> it is not dry like so now here's the thing yeah what would you guess if you had to guess the alcohol percentage right now mm, i'm gonna say seven it's a full eight it's no, a full eight percent that's close i love this beer i had it at brewport um, I just happened to be checking out the beer menus and saw that was on tap at Brewport. I said to my wife, it's time to go get pizza and beer. Had one of them there, looked at my wife and said, do we have errands to run? And she was like, yes. I said that I can't have another one of these because I could literally sit here all day. <laughs> By the time I said to Craig, let's go down there and get it, it had already kicked. So now I'm glad and I finally got a chance to bring this. Thank you. It's, it's worth a try. It's very is good. It, is it worth a 4.2 rating? I think it might be. I'll have to drink a little bit more, but I think so. The other thing too is the aftertaste. Like it just kind of fades away. Yes. It's not like harsh and like stays with you. It's not burst through the wall Kool-Aid man hops. Right. It's like, you know what it is? Now, here we go again. Here goes another <laughs> Brit analogy. It's it's Fun Bobby. All right. Do you remember Friends? They had the one guy who they invited to every party because he was just the party king. Mm-hmm. And they called him Fun Bobby. Mm-hmm. He's Fun Bobby. The party starts when he shows up. He doesn't stay too late. He leaves when it's over. He's not one of those guys you have to kick out the next morning. Hmm. He's fun Bobby. Comes in, makes the party happen, and disappears. That's why I feel like the hops here. The hops are strong enough that they're I think you're right. good, and then, That's and a good then they kind of they kind of fade off. So, Cinch, I know you're listening to this right now. This place is in Hamden because you're going to listen to this, and then you're going to text me and say, I want to drink Crucial Mass. <laughs> you live like 15 minutes from this place. Go to Counterweight Brewing and get yourself some Crucial Mass because I don't know the next time I'll be driving by there and they may not have Crucial Mass on tap, but I do want to go back. So it's not like an all-year thing? No, I think it's a short-term thing that they've been doing. Mm. Um, I also brought you two other beers for them to try, but we'll do that off the air because otherwise I'm going to get smashed because we we still have another half a growler to get through (laughs) in addition to what we have in front of us. We both split a peace frog. Right. All right, burning right. hot takes. Talk to me. So, what's uh, been going on? It's been two weeks. Not, I know, right? Now, last week, really, nothing happened in football. Nothing, nothing major. No one got arrested. No one got, no one got, That's you know, good. fine or anything. So, no one got suspended. Just, no one got suspended. So, my question is not football related. That's fine. Uh, you watch Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. Uh, my question to you is: Now we have a group chat of all of us who watched the show. We are up to like 17 group chats now. We are. Craig and I are in all of them. Yes. So the one about Game of Thrones mainly, and also random lunches. Which, to be fair, is you, me, our friend Tom, and all... uh, No, I'm sorry. You, me, Deb, and all of our wives slash husbands. Right. (laughs) It's a six-person thread. There we go. Um, Are you upset with Game of Thrones as much as Deb's husband is? I'm not. Because he's because you know he reads a lot, so he's very 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 big on story and character development. Yes, and and things making sense, progressions. Right. right. So to this season, Tim, he hates it because people are doing things that their character didn't seem like they would do. So are you? Uh, so that spoiler upset? spoiler alert. This is your warning. If you are not through episode five of Game of Thrones season eight, the next to last episode of the series, please stop listening now and fast forward. 20 minutes. Uh, yes. Uh, I will, I'll put, you know what? I'll put a spoiler. I'll put a spoiler in the description this week and All say, right. okay. if you are not caught up on Game of Thrones, please go to this time mark. Um, so we're at like the 23 minute mark now. So ignore 23 through whatever. I'll put it into the thing. So here's the thing. I think what annoys Tom is their efforts to explain it. The, so Daenerys has lost it. Right. 
I knew this was going to happen. And the reason I knew this was not going to happen was not because of good character development or good writing, but because everyone kept saying, she's not her father. She's not like the Mad King. Oh, she's totally not like the Mad King. Oh, she's not crazy like the other Targaryens. Oh my God, she's the best. I'm like, you're overplaying this. You are overplaying this. Just like in the episode, I knew the bells were going to freaking toll and she was going to set the place on fire. There's a scene that is, if the bells toll, call off the attack. Why? Because that means they've surrendered. Trust me. Tell me you will call off the attack if the bells toll. Uh, Maybe. The bells toll. It means they surrender. The bells toll. Jerry Jones will toll the bells. Jerry Jones. (laughs) It was that. I'm like, like, they're going to toll the goddamn bells. And she's going to be like, fuck that shit. I want to set shit on fire. I got a goddamn dragon. You thought I brought a dragon to this party and I'm not going to use it? Yeah. And we saw the full force of the dragon. Yes. For the first time ever. And that, I think that's what bothered that, me about the episode. That's was what not, bothered me. I'm like, why, they, yeah. Well, and not <laughs> even that, but she made sure she went back and forth. Like she was like on like videotaping for Google Maps. <laughs> she was going up and down side streets to make sure she charred every inch of the fucking city. You want to be queen. Quick, why are you setting the entire quick, place quick on aside, fire? Do you know who was in that episode? Aaron Rodgers. Yes. He was a guy running. Um, you saw running through like a tunnel in an alley. Yes. Like, just by himself? Yep. That was Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he was also on the wall. Was he? He was one of the archers in the very beginning when they're all running into place. He was one of the archers oh, on the wall. Oh, nice, nice. He was, like, th- right in the middle of the pack of archers. You could just barely see him. But, That's yes, cool. that was, like, his whole thing. He wanted to be in a Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, and we're well, like, yeah, sure, hey. why not? You're Aaron Rodgers. We can make it an Easter egg. <laughs> We've already put a Starbucks coffee cup in a fucking episode. Why not? No, nah, it wasn't a Starbucks cup. It was, uh, it was just a, you know, trailer coffee cup. It was a cup of coffee. <laughs> or tea. So um, because I, now there's now you know now they're saying they they foreshadowed this in season two, and that's the problem is that they're rushing to explain it. They're rushing to explain it. Oh well, in season season two, she watched her crazy brother die, and she didn't have any problem with it. So that should have been a clue to viewers that she wasn't quite right. The dude literally said he would let an entire army have his way their way with her if it would get him back to the throne. He wasn't exactly the supportive, <laughs> loving brother. Then there's that other scene where she's walking. She's having that vision, and she's walking through the throne room. She's looking for the dragons. Yep. And, and there's the snow thrones, all over the ground. And, people, you know, everyone thought it was snow when the throne was cracked, but now everyone's like, oh, it was probably ash. Yep, except the production notes from the second season have leaked, and the word snow is used to describe the scene. <laughs> See, my I, what I think what happened was... is See, what, what happened was... The, well, I was reading this too. HBO wanted them to continue past the season. Yes. Oh no. HBO was like it's a cash cow, right? Well, HBO wanted either a longer season. They didn't want to do the like extra twenty minutes each episode. They wanted that. A, I would have liked. They wanted a full season, possibly another season after this. But the two showrunners, they don't want to do it anymore. No, they want out. They, they want out. So that's why they. So they came with a compromise to do shorter but longer. They have episodes. dump trucks full of money at their door. <laughs> Of other people who want them in their projects. So do all the actors. They're doing, do you know what their next project is? No. The next Star Wars trilogy. There you go. Yeah, because Star Wars has no cash. <laughs> Star Wars is a franchise with no cash, and they're owned by, you know, George Lucas a large is poor. Mouse. Oh, wait, that's right. They're owned by freaking Disney. <laughs> Disney owns freaking everything now. Disney took over complete control of Hulu this week. Yeah. I wonder what that means for the show's. It means they're all going to have Disney references in them. Well, that's true, too. So you're not upset. You're okay 
with how this season's been. I personally am, but I understand people who aren't happy about it. I understand their arguments. I'm okay with it. All right. But that's just me. And, I understand. And that. for me, if I had a dragon, I probably would light everything on fire. I would have <laughs> I would have waited for the bells to toll. I would have flown right at right at the queen. Set her ass completely on fire. That tower would have been engulfed in flame. And then I would have been like, "All right, we're done. That's it." Let all the peasants watch what happens to people who put their 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 uh, their people at risk, and then be done with it and let everybody else survive. Instead, I'm gonna kill a million people. There, yeah. My other problem was what she finally learned how to fly a dragon, and like scout. Like, yep. The way the other dra- the way the second dragon died, like, really annoyed me. Was just bad planning. Like, what what are you doing? Was a bad. <laughs> just leave planning. him. And let him heal. What are you making him fly for? <laughs> bad planning. <laughs> No, so. that was that was bad. That was really really bad. So I'm gonna go with my question. Sure. I'm gonna go to Game of Thrones. All right. The other thing they're talking about in this last episode is the Clegane Bowl. Yes. The Hound versus the Mountain. All right. Was that satisfying for you? Were you okay with that? How that went down? Um. Yes. That was probably my favorite part of the episode. Me freaking too. Um. I scored that out of five rounds. I scored it uh ten nine. 10-9, 9-10, So, and who would you award the decision to? Because obviously it was a, it was a double knockout. <laughs> um, no, the Hound. Because you have to think of like you know we saw him, him push his eyes in again. With, he had like half of one working eye. Yeah. But the fact that he's been afraid of fire his whole life because of his brother. because of his brother and he hates his brother so much, he pushed his himself and his brother through a broken wall into a giant pit of fire because I think so that after, tells you like how much he had to do this after he put the knife through his skull and the dude was like you know, let me just get this out of here for a second and we can we can finish this i think he just realized there's nothing gonna take this guy down other than completely obliterating his body he's some sort of cognizant zombie my favorite part of that fight was the very beginning where he kills the creepy meister oberon or oh Oberon's. yeah he just Pushed it. What Obey you? your queen. Boom. Pushed it by his skull his, into the wall. His skull explodes. <laughs> so so we're watching it live. And the, the Meister comes down and goes, Obey your queen. And he just picks up one hand, just throws him into the wall, and he's dead. And then there's a moment of silence as they have like a Rocky-like stare down. And, and Cersei, the queen. Like, like, okay, I'm going to go now. And starts to sneak by him. I did it in the room. I My wife hates when I riff on stuff live because <laughs> I love movie riffing. But I was just like, um, excuse me. I'm gonna let you guys sort this out. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, we did that too. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, just gonna go. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt here. This is important. <laughs> I'm gonna stay over here and tell you guys. Okay. Okay. Bye. I did the whole thing. My wife started laughing hysterically. It was the most awkward. Like this is the last place on earth. My city is on fire. My keep is crumbling, and I still take both of those things over being where I am right this second. <laughs> So, but I, I'm not as upset with the series. I'm not. I understand Tom's argument, and he's not wrong, because a lot of people feel that way. There's a there's a petition to completely redo the last season. It's got three hundred thousand <laughs> signatures online. Three hundred thousand people have gone online to say this season sucks. I'm not. Those people See, aren't wrong. For me, because I've been we've been watching The Walking Dead since it started. Yeah, so I'm it's not a, long a time. zombie dude, so I. So. My problem, Carl. Well, he's he's dead. Um, yeah, that was another spoiler. If you haven't watched Walking Dead, 
Anyway. The spoiler episode. <laughs> I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was so upset with his last season of The Walking Dead, I actually started yelling at the TV. Wow. That's you know how, they can't hear you, right? Right. Okay. Just like when we yell at football games. So yeah, that, that that upset me like 10 times more than this season of Game of Thrones. This season of Game of Thrones, like, I can see, like... But is it bothering you at all? I mean, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is you're completely fine with it, and 10, you want to throw things at your television. Right. Where was The Walking Dead? Like a 7? Walking eight? Dead was like an 8. Where is Game of Thrones compared to that? That's like a 4 or 5. See, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm like there. annoyed. I'm like a 3 like, and a oh, half, Oh, that yeah. could have been better. I'm like, oh, I wish I, we saw Ghost more. I wish they used the dragons more. Did you see the meme with Ghost and Tormid and no, the heads? No. So, of course, the best part of the Game of Thrones era is that we're living in the time of memes. <clears throat> Everyone is making memes and tossing them on Twitter. One of them was after John left Winterfell in episode four or three of this season. He didn't say goodbye to Ghost, which was a big problem to me. He right. just looked at him and Ghost was like, Arr. and John was like, all right, later, bitch. That that was that was my first problem, but torment leaves that same time. Mm-hmm. Torment the Giants band. Someone immediately took the picture of oh god, I'm drawing blanks now. The guys who were in Bad Boys, like the Fresh Prince. What the hell is his name? <laughs> Martin, Martin Lawrence, Lawrence is not the Fresh Prince. No, but Prince. he was in Bad Boys. No, thank you. That That's Laura, our producer. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> Martin Lawrence and the guy who played the Fresh Prince. Laura, who played the Fresh Prince? Will Smith. Will Smith. So Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, and it was, it, was, it was a production promo they did where they were walking away from something exploding. Right. They superimposed Ghost and Torment's heads on their body <laughs> and said something like, coming this fall to HBO, Northern Justice. <laughs> nice. Or Justice of the North. I'm like... Oh my god! I would I, watch that. I would watch that. That's exactly what I thought. I would freaking also, watch that. I did not realize there were any Dothraki left. Yeah, like six. <laughs> like all six of them that got they were out. The guys that took care of the horses. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they gave the scythes to the guys who were the horse. They teamers. got. They got promoted. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. If you watch the episode, the Battle of Winterfell, it looks like ten of them ride back, and there's like fifty or sixty of them when this battle starts. Which, yeah. by the way. For the love of all that's holy, you designed King's Landing with straight freaking roads? You didn't put any bends in your roads? You've never been invaded before? No, I don't think they were. You never create T-intersections every third building so that people can't just get this full head of steam? (laughs) The Dothraki literally rode in there and were like, oh, look, there's three miles of open road ahead of us with peasants (laughs) long. Just just start lobbing off heads. Who designed this city? (laughs) That is not how you design a city against a siege. Um, so how do you think it's going to end? Death. I think the new Prince of Dorne is just going to come over and take over. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Surprise casting. Yep. Who is the new Prince of Dorne? You have to I... put one actor into the role, completely illegitimate of anything. Who is it? Go. Top of your head. First person. Uh, oh, God. I'm horrible at actors' names. Yeah. Who's that guy? I'm seriously horrible with actors' names. We're 40 minutes in. We haven't talked a lick of football. We haven't. I don't care. It's the offseason, and I got this beer. (laughs) I really don't care. What do you know this actor from? By the way, the title of this episode is the episode where we don't talk about football. (laughs) There's no football on this podcast. I want the guy who played Benjamin Sisko on DS9. All right. What the hell was his name? 
I was going to say J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is a good one, too. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I guess he could be a prince. Why not? Uh, Cisco actor. Ooh. Hold on. I'm looking at No, up. no, no. The, uh, the Allstate guy. Oh, Avery Brooks. There you go. Avery Brooks. That's the guy who played Ben Cisco on DS9. I want him just walk in and go, the Dothraki aren't a problem. I am. You know, in that kind of very serious Star Wars voice. And okay. Star Wars, Star Trek. Yeah, whatever. What was he on? <laughs> Give me somebody who was on both. I want Mark Hamill to be the new Prince of Dorne. Done. We can make it happen. <laughs> that would be freaking awesome. That would be. Okay. Let's talk a little bit of football. All right. Why not? So, um, one of one the, of the things, actually, stuff happened this week. Yeah. One of the things that happened this week was Adam Gase. Uh, you know, let's segue from Game of Thrones. Adam Gase became the Mad King of New Jersey. He did. So, he has all the so power let's, now. Let's retrace this. The season ends and last season ends. Last season ends and the general manager is on the hot seat. They're I like, can't remember the dude's name. Mike something or other. Mike Mick something. Yeah. Mike Mick not a job. Um, and he's like, We have all this money to spend. Right. We're gonna do all these things. The first thing he did was call Adam Gase, who I'm pretty sure got the job because he stared into the GM's soul. <laughs> And robbed him of it. Like Seriously, so- look up Adam Gase's eyes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Talking about memes. So he gets hired. The press conference, he literally tries to hypnotize everyone in the audience. Oh, God, Craig went for a drink as I said that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Craig's calling now. <laughs> okay, come on. So he hypnotizes all of the reporters <laughs> to his will. And now the draft happens. Right. The Jets had a semi-decent they draft. Can, they got the best lineman in the draft. So I was not unhappy with the Jets draft. And then this week they fired the front office and promoted Adam Gase to interim. temporary interim general manager. Yeah. Yep. Why on earth would you fire your general manager after the draft? I don't know. He's been in trouble for like the probably last two seasons. And I think what happened was I'm hearing rumors and reports that they hi- like he hired Adam Gase. Yeah, because he's a GM. GM in theory. In theory, unless he hired the owner him. told him to. Right, right. But usually the GM is the one doing the hiring. Yes. So he hired he hired Adam, and then apparently there's there was conflict when the GM wanted to sign Bell and Mosley because he gave him dump truck. He gave both of them dump trucks full of money. And reportedly that was the issue it was the amount of money paid yeah. that the coach didn't like Gase didn't like how much money they were giving right. because he thought next year was going to be the key acquisition year. I have no idea right. who he's looking at in the horizon and saying, this guy's going to be available for the jets next year, but that's where he's, he's at. You know, he's trying to do it the way the Patriots do it. And as Cinch will tell us, the Patriots don't give like, they don't pay people in football terms, giants amounts of money, especially running backs. And a 30-second aside, they did it again this week. They got Jared Mayo back. They did? Yes. Jared Mayo just signed with the Patriots for a fraction of what they were paying him. He was there for a couple of years. He left as a free agent because they wouldn't pay him. He wasn't as good elsewhere. Now he's back. For less. For less. And Benjamin Watson is also a Patriot. This is what they do. They build people up. These people say, I want $8 million a year. They say, we'll pay you five. They say, (laughs) buy. Then two seasons later, when they're cut, they come back. We'll give you two million. Yeah, for three, off your three or four. Okay, because you don't have any options. It is a genius system if you can make it work. That, and this this goes back (laughs) to, and Cinch is going to hate me for saying this, goes back to the genius of the Patriots is that they're a system. Tom Brady is a system quarterback. We said it. 
Sorry. Tom Brady is a the, every successful player that's ever come out of the Patriots. Give me one that's gone somewhere else and been as good or better. Uh, Give me one. Uh, what's his name in San Francisco? Oh, wait, he broke his leg. <laughs> Garoppolo, the jury's out on. I'll grant you Garoppolo as a potential because. But who has ever um, left New the receiver? England? What's his name? Who? I can't think of any other receivers. Julian Edelman's still there. Danny Amendola's done yeah. nothing in Miami. And I think I don't even think he's there anymore. <laughs> I think he retired. They're system based. They look at their pieces and their say, players what are hot swappable. That's really what, and that's the other, and th- there's the beauty of it. They live to scream about next man up. They're ready for it. Here comes the word system is so good that the next man up can usually pick up the slack in most so, circumstances. So are the Patriots the Borg? Yes, essentially. Essentially. And that's why the fantasy, they're so irrelevant. They have six running backs. One of them's going to get 100 <laughs> yards. Good luck figuring out which one it is week to week. It might be Sonny Michelle. <laughs> it might be Sonny Michelle. It might be Rex Burkhead next week. One of them's hitting the bonus. Good luck. <laughs> that is the problem and the beauty of the Patriots. As a team in the NFL, it's a fantastic system. For us in fantasy, it's shit. They are right. dropped because no one, no one's drafting Tom Brady to really be their starting quarterback. In Tom fantasy. Brady right now is looking at being in like fifteen to twenty range on my on my quarterback rankings. Yeah. And by the way, let me say this and he's right now: he's there every year. Actually, <laughs> let me say this right now: Patrick Mahomes is not my number one this year because he's on the cover of Madden. And he's going to break his knee. Pat Mahomes. Everyone <laughs> is all about Patrick Mahomes. Fifty touchdowns. Oh my God! Patrick Mahomes. Now without the Tyreek five thousand yards. <laughs> I don't care who's there. Because, again, that's an Andy Reid thing. Andy Reid makes certain receivers look really, 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 really good. Don't ever forget Fred X, the Fred Express, when he was in Philadelphia with Andy Reid, looked really freaking good, was doing interviews with a WWE belt over his shoulder. (laughs) And the moment Andy Reid left and all of a sudden was like, you're not very good, we're not going to scheme for you, he fell off the face of the earth. Where the hell? How did this get off track? Where were we? <laughs> the Patriot system. The Patriot system and, and Adam Gase. Right. So, so I said he wants to try to be like the Patriots and not. He doesn't want to pay running backs giant amount of money. Yes. So here's the problem. Right. It is now all up in the news and Twitter and Facebook and whatever. Right. That Adam Gase did not want to pay Bell as much as they, he's getting, and he did not want to pay Mosley as much as he's getting. Correct. Is this going to create a giant amount of friction? Possibly. Drink so I can refill your glass. You don't have to drain it. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> Potentially. Because, you um, know, winning cures everything. Well, so yeah, like, except, except in Pittsburgh. Except in Pittsburgh. So, like, let's say, hypothetically, the Jets make it to the first round of the look playoffs. At that, look at that poor. Britt is an expert. Look at that poor. Three seconds. I didn't even, it wasn't even, like, a careful pour. I'm telling you, I got the angle down. He does. He does. I got the angle down. Um, so let's say the, the Jets, let's just hypothetically, the Jets go to the first round of the playoffs, they lose. Yeah, yeah. Does any of this matter anymore? Probably not. First off, first year coaches going to the playoffs doesn't happen a ton. Right, right. I'm just saying hypothetically. I don't think it's an issue because I don't think the Jets are going to win more than six games this year. I can see them at 500. Maybe. Eight and eight. Maybe. 
I, but the rest of the division is so bad. I can see them sweeping the Bills. Yep. I can Miami, see them sweeping Miami. Miami. Patriots if, splitting. At worst. Well, no, I'm sorry. At best. Right. All right. So let's let's say worst case scenario, they're going to get swept by the Pats. Well, let's look. Let's look at the. Let's page. pull up let's their look, schedule. All right. All right. So I already have them at four and two because I'm going to have the Patriots sweeping them and they're going to sweep the other two teams in the division. That's done. They're beating the Bills and they're beating the the, the Dolphins. Who else is on their schedule? Let's do this. All right. So let's apologize Bills, to John. I'm offending him again. Uh, Bills. That's a win. Browns. That's a win. No, uh, that's a loss. Changing my mind. Are you shaking your head? What do you think? I don't know. What you, uh, it's the second game of the season. I think it's at, it's in New York. I think the Jets win that. All right, so we're going to give it to them, too. Uh, Patriots. Loss. Eagles. Loss. Cowboys. Loss. Patriots. Loss. Jags. Win. Dolphins. L- win. Giants. Loss. Really? Yes. Redskins. Loss. Raiders. Loss. Bengals. Loss. Dolphins. Win. Ravens. Loss. Steelers. Loss. Bills. Wow, they start and end their season with the Bills. So how is that everything? That's everything. That's six. I have six wins. All right. I think they'll I think they'll split with the Patriots. So that gives them seven. Seven to nine. Congratulations. Just split with the Patriots. Yeah. Won a game in the middle. I can see that. I don't know. And of course, they're playing the Bengals and they're playing in Cincinnati. The other news of the week isn't so much uh, fantasy related, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Patrick Peterson has been suspended for six games. He will not appeal. That's why it's only six and not eight. The NFL said, hey, if you want to make this easier on yourself, let's just do six. And he was like, you got it. Um, so did you see some, I have to look up who it was. Someone got suspended for 10 games for using Adderall. And, oh. and he has like a medical. Has he been diagnosed with any yeah, sort of he has a, attention uh, deficit? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Should Adderall be on the banned list? All right. Disclaimer again. I work in the mental health field. Right. So I'm it's, really um, torn on this. The uh, Jordan, the defensive tackle for Seattle. I'm really And he's torn only on like this. 29. But that's the thing. Attention deficit is something that affects younger people. They, they suspended for 10 games. I don't know how long he's been diagnosed with ADHD or whatever it is that he's been prescribed the Adderall for. If it's like a year or two, then the suspension makes sense. If he's been taking it since high school and grade school where they tend to identify kids these days, then no, it doesn't make sense. If you said to me, well, he's been taking it for the last 13 years of his life, that doesn't make sense. Doesn't make so sense. for a football player, what would Adderall do? Adderall affects how the neurons fire in your brain. It it levels them out so that attention deficit doesn't happen and the hyperactivity is reduced. It it mellows you out. So like how like how would that help you being a defensive Pre-snap, tackle? Pre-snap, reads, reactions, all those kinds of things, sitting still. I've worked with ADHD folks who literally can't sit in their seat for more than a minute at a time. So if you have to be completely still on a line and you're trying not to jump, I can see that being an issue. But even still, I mean, Adderall does have side effects of really short bursts of energy because, again, you're me- you're, you're mellowing out the, the transmission of stuff in the brain. Right. The brain, 
All right, so all right, I don't want to go into this. Like, right. Well, that's all right. I don't want to give a master class on, <laughs> on Brit's psychology info and cognitive. <coughs> I was a cognition major in college, so brain yeah, so, But just as like a football player, what would Adderall do so for think of you? The brain, think of the brain as, on the, as the interstate right. system in the United States. Okay. It connects all the different things. Right. What if there was an overarching god, so to speak, of the interstate system in the United States, and it literally pointed at random cities and said, 15 trucks leave there all for the same place at the same time now. Now 15 trucks that way. Now this. Now that. Just randomly firing off. Traffic would snarl in unusual places. It would be unpredictable, and it would just be random. That's how neurons fire in the ADHD brain. They don't fire in a predictable or reliable pattern, and they cause disruption. Adderall causes that voice to go, hey, maybe instead of having 10 trucks leave New York at this point, I'll have five leave now and five leave an hour later and spread them out. It mellows things out. It increases cognitive function. So for a guy who's sitting at the line, who's trying to sit still, whose every muscle is saying, get ready to go, 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 go. He's going to go. He's going to go. As soon as that ball snaps, you got to go. You got to be there before the guy gets in. For that guy, it mellows him out. First off, it says to him, watch the ball, watch the ball, watch the ball, then go. That's the message the brain starts sending. Number two, instead of looking around and saying, 88's lined at the outside when they said, meaning was the 88 lines on the side, but the 40 farts the left side was what's what you hear is 88's lined up to the outside. They said in the meeting, when 88's lined up to the outside, he usually cuts in. The process is different. It's more organized. So there's that. Consequently, the brain is running more efficiently. So there's also an energy benefit to it. So some people have reported, and this is not universal. Do not take this right. as the advice of a doctor. <laughs> no, this is not medical advice. This is not medical <laughs> advice. This is what I have seen out of individuals who use this medication their energy level tends to be more prolonged. Instead of huge fits of energy for three hours, it's more prolonged over the course of the day. It's more level. So you can go and do warm-ups and not collapse an hour later. Okay. So there is benefits to using those kinds of medications. They do, and, and there's other side effects that I'm not going into. But you're asking, what does it do for you? In terms of focus, in terms of concentration, in terms of ability to react, it makes it more level. Right. So you're saying if he's taken this since high school, the suspension is not because it's right. a, it's a pre it's a preordained medical condition. We know that a doctor has viewed it for years, but if somebody said to him, "Hey, dude, if you go to a doctor and tell him these three symptoms, he's gonna give you Adderall, and you could totally get away with it, and it's gonna help you on the field," that's right. BS. And where do you draw that line? Right. I don't know. I don't I know. know. Anyway, believe it or not, yeah, we have drank ourselves out of time. That's sad. I wanted to talk about best ball. We can talk about best ball I mean, really quick. Because we have time, because we're not going to be here next week. <sighs> but then we got to do the 29th. How much time do we have left on our thing? I can look it up. Yeah, do that. All right. Do that. <laughs> do so it live. I, 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 so I'll talk about best ball a little bit first. I did. I, I wanted to wait until after the NFL draft to start yes, looking at best me ball. Me too. So I did a best ball on draft.com, which is my preferred best ball site. And here's what I found. Okay. Oh my God. Can you wait on quarterback and wide receiver? Oh God. Yes. Not unlike 
um, the last couple years where I've said you got to right. go running back and wide receiver early. Quick, uh, but wide receiver so deep. Quick aside. Yeah. We have 184 megabytes to use. All right. So we can go a few more minutes. All right. So um, I did not draft. Oh, let's see. Is there a recap here? Okay. So I drafted sixth. By the time it got to me, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, David Johnson at five, not top four, number five, and that was a reach for this guy. Um, I grabbed Melvin Gordon at six. So the first six picks were all running backs. Pick seven was Andre Hopkins, and then the next four picks were all running backs. Picks eight through two one, one eight through two one were James Conner, Joe Mixon, riding the Joe Mixon train. That's right. First round pick this year, I'm telling you. James Conner, Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, then the wide receiver store coming off the board. Yep. So what did I learn? Wide receivers, you can wait on. It's it, it's better right. to wait on. I took the second quarterback off the board. Okay. And it was Andrew Luck in the seventh round. Wow. Seventh. Seventh round. I took Travis Kelsey as my second round pick because he was sitting there at 2.5 and the wide receivers were going fast and furious. But wide receiver is so deep. Yep. It's crazy. Now, so let me tell you real quick what my team was. Yeah. My quarterbacks are Luck, <coughs> Goff, and Rivers. In a best ball league, that's fantastic because the odds are one of them is going to go off every single week. Right. My running backs, not so great. I've got Gordon. I've got Darius Geis. Had to reach for that. I have Alex Jones. I have uh, Jordan Howard. And then I picked up with my very last pick, Benny Snell. Oh, nice. I've just Little got Benny a feeling. Snell. I've just got a feeling. you know, feeling. James Conner has concussion issues. Just got a feeling he gets they're going to use once, this kid. He's done. They're going to use this kid in short yardage. He's going to be fantastic. Wide receivers. Here I've got a little bit better. Not great, but better. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. Larry Fitzgerald, Mike Williams, Robbie Anderson, Tyrell Williams, Darren Funches, and uh, Debo Samuel. Nice. In, Bo- in Buffalo, who might be really good. My tight ends, oh my God. If these guys stay healthy, I have the best tight end core in the league. All right, what is it? Kelsey, Eifert, Reed. Hmm. Two out of three of those will stay healthy. I'm hoping for one out of three. But yeah, so I mean, so what did I learn from my first best ball? And I'm going to talk about Craig's best ball. I learned that um, the wide receivers are deeper than people think. People are jumping for the studs, but then holding off. So what you want to do is grab running back and wide receiver and running back in your first three picks based on what you want to do. You don't or, or tight end, right? But you want at least by the by before you hit round five, you want two running backs or two wide yep. receivers. A t- if there's a top end tight end, which is really just Kelsey or I- Kelsey or Ertz in my mind, if one of them are there, otherwise you want to have your wide receivers and running back set by round five. Right. That's what I learned. I waited on that second running back. I ended up with Darius guys. Now, really quick, uh, best ball is you draft a team. Yeah, go ahead. Do the whole rundown because I'm. You- <laughs> so best ball, it's not like normal fantasy. There's no, there's no changing lineups. There's no picking people up. Uh, so what you do is. You draft your entire team for the year. Uh, so in doing that, the, the system takes whoever, you know, whoever has the best week that week puts, you know, it puts that player in. So if you have, you know, hypothetically, let's say Drew, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, you know, if Drew Brees has 500 yards that week and Russell Wilson has 200, it automatically puts in the best player. Uh, so that's the thing about best ball. It's kind of just like a, 
set it and forget it kind of thing. Uh, so it's a different draft strategy um, altogether. Uh, and then when Britt gets back, we will uh, talk about my draft because I think she, I think, yeah. So uh, Britt's back now. Yeah, sorry. There he is. So, Tiny bladder, a lot at, of beer. It, you know, it happens. It happens. Beer's a lot of liquid. Um, so let me run down my best ball team really quick. Yeah. So quarterback, I have Drew Brees. Well, wait, let's yeah. go go to your recap first. Okay. Go to your results. Yep. Go yep. to recap. Yep. Who was your first? What did you pick? And who was your first pick? Alvin Kamara. And you picked where? I picked third. So who went before Kamara? Barkley and Elliott. Which is the same two that went first in my draft. Who was your second round? Scroll down your second round. Uh, Adam Thielen. Okay. That's all I want to hear. Now tell me about your team. So I'm Because, I'm, again, what's the best reason to do a best ball? You get an idea of where people are looking early. So what have we learned between our two drafts? Uh, Barkley and Elliott right now in June. It's still, again, May, May rather. It's still May, but early on, they're the presumptive one and two. All right, go on. Um, I really quick just want you to know that um, Devonta Freeman went before um, David Johnson. Where did Johnson go in your draft? I have to scroll down a lot. Um, really? Actually, no, 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 no. Sorry. I went. I think Kam- he's still a first rounder. No, most first round, balls. yeah. So it went Berkeley, Elliott, Kamara, McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson. See, in mine, Johnson went before Gordon. I was looking at it, and right now in the ADP, David Johnson's in six, the sixth yeah. overall. I still think that's high. Personally, I think that's high, but I understand. I put it. him at the eight at the most. The problem was I was picking six. I'm like, oh my god, don't follow ADP. And then the guy before me grabbed David Johnson, which allowed Melvin Gordon to fall to me. Oh, nice. I think Melvin Gordon's a much better option this year than David Johnson. Yes. All right. So anyway, your team. Uh, so my team is Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson. Love that. Running backs: Kamara, Joe Mixon. Tariq Cohen, TJ Yeldon, and Kareem Hunt. Oh, here's the problem Hunt with that. Hunt was like my second to last pick. No one Yeldon, took him. Yeldon and Hunt are such reaches. There. I had to fill it out. That's I a boomer bust way, lineup. way late. Uh, so receivers yeah. are Thielen, Cooks, Robinson, Ridley, Shepard, Crowder, and Sutton. I like that a lot. And then, I, think, I think Sutton's going to have a big year in Denver. Big year. Uh, and then uh, my tight ends are Herndon, Hawkinson, and Watson. Not spectacular, but average but, tight ends. You sacrificed a tight end in order to get better wideouts and better running backs. That's clear, and that's yeah. okay. That's okay. So what did you learn from your best ball experience? Um, so just like every year, um, people are going to draft running backs first. The first receiver off the list was um, one, two, three, was DeAndre four, Hopkins in mine. And like the seventh, seventh round pick. Seventh round was DeAndre Hopkins. And then two rounds later was Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham. And then I took Thielen. And then after Thielen, someone took um, Travis. Here's Kelsey. the thing. There's a huge separation between the top tier running backs and the second tier. There's not that huge separation in the wide receiver ranks. And that's why people no, it's are. it's like a gradual kind of. Right. You know what I have not heard this offseason at all? Zero running back theory. No really? one is talking about zero RBs anymore. Well, that was a thing last year. Like the last two years. I'll wait on RBs. I'll grab stud wideouts and good tight ends and quarterbacks and grab my running backs late hey. because it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing that chatter anymore. Not really. People are going back to the tried and true running backs matter. Grab your running backs. And there's depth elsewhere. Yep. When would, when did you grab your quarterbacks? Uh, let's... Whew. Go back to your recap and scroll down to... I, I grabbed my first one in round seven. 
Um, I drafted Drew in the fourth round, so probably a little high. You probably reached a little bit for the Drew. next quarterback was Patrick Mahomes in the sixth round. You took Breeze over Mahomes. Yes, I'm shocked by that. Explain why? Why didn't I take Mahomes? Yes, um, because he's on the Madden cover. Seriously, you're gonna go that yes. far with it? Yes, yes. You're not wrong that there's a tendency there, but. All I know is, hey, there's four preseason games. A lot of things can happen. He's going to play in a quarter of them. Yes. Not a quarter of meaning one out of four, like a quarter of one of those four games. Yes. <sighs> hey, let's never forget that Adam, that Vinny Testaverde tore his ACL in the parking lot walking into the Jets stadium. So anything is possible. Was he on the Madden cover? No, but I'm just okay. saying. He wasn't on the Madden cover, and anything is possible. So with a, by, la, by that logic, everyone is injury-prone, and therefore everyone is equally susceptible. So then you should take Mahomes over Breeze. I, I think the, the Madden cover just makes it worse. So when the rankings come out in July, be, don't be shocked if Patrick Mahomes is not the number one on Craigslist. No. All right, so, no. Wait, so let's, let's, let's talk about that really quick. Yeah. If you had to rank the QBs right now, Mm-hmm. Where would Mahomes fall? You obviously have Breeze ahead of him. Um, I would put him at f- three. Who else is ahead of him? I would put Luck. So Breeze, Luck, and then Mahomes. Yes, only because because I think there's so there's a lot of and I don't want to use the word drama because I saved that for the Steelers, but I feel like there's a lot of issues happening with the Chiefs. Yeah, in the background. Yeah, now with especially with Tree Kill now. Yeah. And Andy Reid, yes, he is a god at just making up random plays on the field. He is the Doctor Strange. He, of... really, he really is. We still haven't talked about Endgame on the air yet either. No, we haven't. Next week. Next Endgame. Week, well, week two weeks. Two weeks from tonight. Um, so I just think that, I don't know, like, do the Chiefs have anyone as fast as Tariq Hill? Yes, they drafted a dude. They drafted a dude who's exactly like Tariq Hill. Did they? Yes. All right, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, but I would put him at three right now. Listen to me. Tyreek Hill doesn't matter. Travis Kelsey, big year, like 4,000 yards receiving. <laughs> Book it. Just saying. All right, final thoughts. Oh. My first final thought while Craig drinks the beer is that I'm finishing the last of this beer. There's a tiny yes. little bit in the growler, and I'm drinking it. Right. And I'm leaving this growler as a gift for Craig. Oh, thank you. Well, it's a counterweight growler. Oh, that's a cool Yeah, that's it's, a cool it, logo. they got a nice logo. We need to go there. Yes. We need we'll to go, go there. We'll go when I get back. Here's the problem. Laura, our producer, is not going to want to go. No? No. No. All IPAs? Mostly. Oh. Like everything they're known for is IPA. Oh. So we need to go on a date where there's a decent food truck so she can be happy. We, they we, have food trucks. Yes. Not every weekend, though. Not like Two Roads has them like every day. Oh. Well, so. we'll, look, we'll see what they have when we get back. Right. So final thoughts. Craig. Uh, my final thought is, um, you know what? Just like Britt said, you know, just do a best ball. Um, you could, you know, you can find some free ones. If not, they're on draft.com. They're like a dollar. Um, so right now, I'm like, my team is playing for like $4.50. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just. They're great practice. They are. And you don't, like, you literally do not have to look at it until, like, December to see if you won. <laughs> you can. You can look week to week if you're curious, but you can't do anything about it. There's yeah. no ad drops. There's you, no trades. You just be like, hey, I won this week. Or There's no lineups. It. 
It's just watching I, how you I do. I tried explaining best ball to like people I work with who do fantasy, and they're like really confused by it. I'm like, no, dude, you just draft it and just forget about Here's it. Here's how you explain it to them. It's draft and done. No lineups, no trades, no ad drops. That's it. You are that's draft it. and done. And that's what you tell, and that's hard for some folks to understand. It's hard. It is. Because that's why I drafted Hunt. He's he's suspended for eight games, but you know what? I need him to have one good game. In a week where nobody else does. Right. So. All right. My final thought. I got to go on a little bit of rant. Right. So. <laughs> no names. No, no names. Craig knows where this is going. So this weekend, I decided to uh, put a Facebook post out uh, celebrating all women on Mother's Day. Because in my opinion, mothering is something that goes beyond the ability to just have kids. You can be a mother and not have any kids. You can be a nurturer. You can be a person who encourages folks. That's it. My family really embraces this. We have no kids. My wife and I don't have kids. But my family always buys my wife a Mother's Day gift because they understand that I am essentially a 40-year-old toddler. <laughs> and that without her, I would probably die. This is this is well known. Craig is laughing because in his heart of hearts, he knows it's true. He's laughing because I'm admitting it. Somebody decided to respond with a scathing kind of retort that... Not to you. They made their own... In general, post. but it was because of posts like mine. Uh, that Mother's Day was special for those who have given birth and are there for their kids all the time. Aunts and uncles don't count because they don't contribute like parents do. So my issue was that this individual... When I responded to them and said, that's not the case. How do you account for this, this, and this? Instead of engaging me in discussion, they just blocked me from their Facebook page and decided to run and kind of hide on it. Here's my thing. People are allowed to have different opinions. Do you remember last year we had David Johnson outside the top three? (laughs) And there was one dude on Twitter that hated us whose entire world ended because we did not put David Johnson as one of the top two running backs. Yeah, he sent us a picture of David Johnson jumping out of a pool. Correct. And Craig responded to it. Craig was more angry than I was. <laughs> Craig was like, that's great. Jumping out of a pool doesn't give him rushing yards. <laughs> it, it's okay to have differing opinions. If you are going to call me out on Twitter or Facebook and then run and hide behind a block, you're a coward. And it doesn't make a difference what we're talking about. We're talking about Mother's Day because this is the best example. I love engaging with folks on Facebook and Twitter. I love putting out an unpopular opinion and saying, tell me why I'm wrong. I want to learn from people when I want to hear stuff. If you're going on these things just to troll, then go to hell. I have lost a friend on Facebook and it is the wife of a person who is a very dear friend who has not spoken to me since. So a 30-year-plus friendship is probably ending, and Craig has this look on his face like, oh, God, where is he going? Please let him stop right now. Just drink the beer. That's fine. Drink the beer. I have the power of mute if I really wanted. Drink the beer. You're fine. (laughs) That kind of stuff upsets me. We have got to reach a point in a society where we can talk about points we disagree on, and we have to stop using absolutes. We have to. One of the people who yelled at me about recognizing all women on Mother's Day is also the wife of a veteran and she celebrates Veterans Day and expects to be recognized as the wife of a veteran. You didn't serve, but you want recognition? Okay, then you've got to be open to other things. 
folks, stop painting the boundaries so narrow. Go out there. Open your mind to freaking other ideas. Doesn't mean you have to like them. Doesn't mean you have to accept them. But stop shutting the door on people who don't think exactly the same as you do. And the reason I'm bringing this up, because there is a point to this other than me bitching and moaning. (laughs) Not always. But in this case, there is. The point is, the fantasy football season is a month away. Yes. The prep season begins at the end of June. You are going to encounter people who are insane to you. You're going to encounter people who assure you David Johnson is the best running back in the league. (laughs) No. You are going to encounter people who are going to tell you in a draft, you are all going to regret not taking Deshaun Watson in the second round. Remember that? that? I forgot about that. Forgot about that, dude? I forgot about that, dude. I never heard from him again. (laughs) In the second freaking round with Travis Kelsey and three of the top five wideouts still on the board, he took Deshaun Watson and then lectured us about how stupid we were. What happened to Deshaun Watson last year? He did not end up as the QB one. <laughs> you know who did? Who did? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> 5,000 yards. This dude never saw him coming. He never came anywhere near winning the league. Folks, listen to the people around you. You don't have to love it. Walt Whitman once said, yeah, that's right. Drunken Brit is quoting Walt Whitman. <laughs> Absorb everything, then discard what offends the soul. That's Listen good. to what people have to say, then take in what you can and discard the rest. That's okay. We don't all have to agree, but we all have to reach a point in fantasy football and in life where we can talk to each other. And until next time, be good to yourselves and each other. I'm Britt. I'm Craig. This is the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I guess we didn't talk any football. Okay, no. <laughs> Thank you.